Hey everyone, James here. I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer about this episode. We recorded this before the uproar of the community and we don't wish to start any more drama with this, but we wanted to give our take on this secret layer product. With all that said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Cheers. fellow planeswalkers i'm james and i'm paul and you're listening to the newest episode of the commander at arms podcast this week on the podcast we are talking secret layer but more specifically we're talking about the new crossover secret layer with the walking dead do we like it do we hate it where do we stand on it and we're going to break down all the cards for you but before that we have an upkeep trigger where we talk about our play of the day paul have you played any magic at all no i have been playing the moving game Ooh, Which, that's a fun if game. If you're familiar with that, it's a very painful game where you lift a lot of heavy things into a truck, then pick them back out of the truck and put them in their proper places. And I had to do that for six whole bedrooms and a whole house. So it took a Man. while. I was basically doing that all week. I spent the whole weekend doing that. And I'm in a lot of pain. I've got several bruises, large bruises on my arms and my knees. Lots of mosquito bites in places I didn't know mosquitoes actually wanted to bite you. And yeah, Man, it's they'll, they'll bite you anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> they just want to suck your blood. <laughs> just thinking about moving, I feel like Pokemon Sapphire. Sapphire? Oh, no, yeah. not Sapphire. No, it's Crystal. It is, no, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. You start off in a moving Emerald. Truck. Yeah, you do. That were mm-hmm. always my favorite ones. Because you started off in a moving truck and it was like a whole new town. But That's they, what you've been doing. They only had like six boxes. True. They had enough we to had fit about, in there and walk around. <laughs> we had about 10 times that. Oof. No, thanks. <laughs> I've done that moving game many, many times and I don't want to ever do it again. Not for a long time. So because you've been moving, is that why we're recording so late on a Tuesday night? <laughs> uh, yes. So if you're listening to this episode, obviously it may or may not be coming out a little later than usual. Um, if it does, I'm sorry about that. That's my fault. I've been moving and I didn't have internet until Sunday night and I have been exhausted every night after that. This is the first night where I actually had some time to sit down with my computer and uh, the full setup. So Hell here yeah. we are. We're recording. Yeah, we are. So <laughs> you haven't been playing Magic, but I've been playing a shit ton of Magic. Um Every single day uh, I've been playing uh, on the uh, on the Discord there. I built a new Joyra deck. Uh, it is the jankiest of jank, but it is, it's a storm deck. It's a combo deck. It's very, very hit or miss. Um, my, I don't really have so much a, <laughs> I don't really have so much of like a, uh, a play of the day because like every game kind of was just like, yeah, it's a game that kind of happened kind of thing. I played one today where I played Taser again. Oh, here we are again, episode 24. And I'm still talking about Taser Karlov. <laughs> God damn it. You think I have a love session with her. So 
it would pretty much came down to I was versing a Sir Conrad deck and he was like, well, I'll just toxic deluge. And I had a taser on the field and I had two drainers and it was like, all right, cool. I'll just uh, win question mark. And we kind of just went, sure, we'll just end this game there and kind of just call it a draw because so many triggers on the stack and we was too early to, to decide who won. So I was kind of shuffled up and played, played the next game. Then I played Cheerio Storm Joyra. And that was kind of fun as well. And, and kind of moved on with the day. It was, it was good. Yeah. So I guess, you know, play new decks, have fun with new decks and always, always Slink something. <laughs> I tried so, I tried so hard to be like, what is something witty that I could say here? But this is, I'm usually in bed by now. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> No. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that out of the way, let's get into the main phase here and let's get into the meat of this episode. So we're talking The Walking Dead. Are you a fan of The Walking Dead, Paul? I'm not. I uh, I watched the first episode upon recommendation from many, many people that said, oh, The Walking Dead is awesome. I love it. You got to watch it. I know zombie things are overdone to, uh, to heck these days, but this one is different. Like, you got to see it. I watched the first episode maybe 20, 25 minutes in, literally nothing was happening. I was so bored. I just turned the TV off and I walked away. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Matey, I, I, I get that. So for myself, first issue came out again. It was zombies. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Um, I, I read the first issue. I loved it. I loved how greedy it was. I loved the story writing. I loved the illustrations. I loved everything about it. I wasn't a fan that it was in black and white, but eventually it kind of made sense to why they went black and white and I'm not even faulting it for them. And then the TV show came out and I was a little late to jump on the TV show. I think I came in at the start or end of season uh, four or start of season five, uh, I started with the TV series. Um, and then I kind of just binged it from season one all the way up until it took me a while to get to it, but I was able to get up to, uh, season five. Yeah. But the end of season five started season six and then kind of went through there until we hit a certain specific spot that if you are a fan, you'll know what I'm talking about at the start of season seven. And then I kind of, kind of went in and went out of it a while a couple of times um i've kind of gotten back into it now that season 10's out and they've kind of like decided that this is going to be like season 11 is going to be like the last season i was like yeah all right i'll jump back into it um i'll start back at season eight because that's where i kind of finished but it's a little hazy because i was kind of watching it as it was releasing um so i'll go back to season eight and i'll start watching it again kind of just now waiting for like the season 10 finale to come out when this secret lair drops so they're coinciding to drop at the same time it's almost so, like they did it on purpose. It's like they did it on purpose. I know, right? <laughs> it's like they were like, it's like, you know, wizards were like, all right, cool. Well, we've got this collab happening. What can we do? Well, let's release four brand new, never seen before, uh, mechanically unique commanders and, uh, I mean, tokens and call it a Walking Dead crossover and release it on, uh, what is it? October 4th to October 12th. Is that? I, yes, I think so. I think that's the time frame for the secret. I think, I think that is as well. Sure. So, Which means that it's guaranteed get- to ship by at least March of next year. Yeah, <laughs> that's been the common theme with these secret layers. Now, we really haven't talked about much about secret layer, but I mean, I remember getting the Theros pack and that was, you know, we bought it in February of 2020 and it's now, what are we in, September? Mm-hmm. I September got mine of 2020 like of August I think maybe late I think July. I got mine around then as well yeah I think I got mine around then as well 
since then we've ordered the tattoo sleeve pack. Uh, that one's come and gone. I mean, we got that. I love it. Uh, we bought the slime one because uh, we wanted the, it was like that eighties themed slime. And that was pretty cool. I uh, was still waiting for that one to get shipped. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about this one. So we'll get into like our thoughts and everything later on in the episode. Uh, after we kind of discuss the cards and, and, and look at their mechanics and stuff, which um, I guess if you have nothing else to talk about then Paul, we can, kind of jump in that now if you like yeah let's go cool so we have four of the characters from the tv i'm gonna say the tv show because one of these characters isn't in the comics um the four characters we have is or oh, sorry are michonne negan daryl and glenn so as you all know, they're all comic book favorites, um, except for one, that, and that's Daryl. He was introduced in the show in the very first season, and he's there, you know, kind of up until a point. And I guess I don't want to give anything away, just because anyone actually is a Walking Dead fan. It hasn't quite caught up to season 10 yet. Um, if you haven't, maybe go watch that before listening to this, I guess. But don't forget to listen to this, I guess, is what I want to say. Yeah, there. And I'm, I'm sure that the secret layer, like if somebody's never watched before, they might be inspired a little bit to at least check it out. So, yeah, um, I don't know anything about the show, so I can't give spoilers. But James, I'm sure will try to avoid spoilers. I will very, very much. Very well so far. Yeah, I will very much avoid spoiler territory as much as possible. If something slips, I do apologize. You know, if it happens, tweet at us. Uh, you'll find all that stuff later. We'll talk about it at the end as we usually do. So Michonne. Michonne is a brand new card. Uh, as as we were told by Wizards, these are all mechanically unique cards and only found in this pack. So Michonne Ruthless Survivor is a three black and a green three, three legendary human warrior that says when Michonne enters the battlefield, create two Walker tokens, which are essentially just zombies with new names because there's no zombies in the show. They're called walkers. Um, uh, yeah, create two Walker tokens. Uh, as long as Michonne is equipped, she must be blocked if able whenever Michonne, at uh, whenever Michonne and at least two zombies attack, she gains indestructible until end of turn. Um, so like a solid card. I don't really want to say much about these right now because I haven't, I haven't looked at these too much. Admittedly, like I've read the cards, but I haven't thought about like, oh, this card would be good with that, and so on and so forth. So for the contents of this episode, we just want to explain what the cards are so you understand the rest of the episode. So we're not going to talk about building around them or anything here. We'll save that maybe for a later episode if there's enough interest or if we start to come up with some ideas. But for right now, we're just talking about the literal text box on the card and the name. Yeah. So it's funny how her text box kind of uh, mentions both. It refers to both walkers and zombies. So, I mean, as Paul just said, we're not really going to build around them, but I could see a very much Voltron-y zombie theme happening with this one. It's it's kind of not really an on-rails commander at all. Yeah, actually, I forgot. I wanted to mention that Michonne, and there's another card that you'll see later that does this as well, uh, it actually mentions the gender of Michonne. It says she must be blocked if able, which I was telling James has never actually been done on a card before. The only things that had gender were planeswalkers and only through lore, not ref- not referred to on the card itself. But Michonne and one other card, which again, like I said, is going to be mentioned later, they actually mentioned the gender of the character on the card. 
which is super interesting. It still looks a little weird to me because that's not the templating that I'm used to. Um, maybe this is something they'll explore with other crossovers later. And maybe they're just testing it for now. We'll see, I suppose. Uh, but for now, I think there's a lot of testing going on with this. Yeah, I think there's a lot of testing going on with this, uh, especially just the kind of maybe just I feel like they're testing the waters, kind of dipping their feet into crossover IPs and how to do them properly. Um, but moving on, uh, we have Negan. So Negan was always one of my my favorite characters in the show. He's a little bit ruthless. He's a little bit uh, unpredictable. And they've given him the color combination of Mardu. And I feel like that really suits Negan's character. Like, I feel like it's it's spot on Negan. I wouldn't have him any other colors or could think of any other color combination he could be um, in terms of, of magic. Um, so Negan, the cold blooded is two red, white, black. So like I said, he's Mardu, a four, three legendary human rogue. That's kind of weird. He's a rogue. Uh, there's nothing stealthy or, or about Negan. So, but he says when <laughs> Negan, when Negan enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that player controls. Then those choices are revealed and that player sacrifices those creatures. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token. So Negan is one of the cooler ones here, I think. Me and James were both talking about it before. He's got some some playability to him. Um, again, not going to talk about synergies or anything, uh, but just a really cool card. It looks like he may be played by Bruce Campbell. He looks very similar to Bruce Campbell. No, it's it's, Campbell. Uh, it, it's it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Ah, he looks so much like Bruce Campbell on this <laughs> card. I can't even put it in words. Like uh, uh, like old Bruce Campbell when he's playing Ash in uh, Ash. Yes, that's exactly versus what I was of. the uh, what is it? Um, oh, the Army Evil of Dead. Darkness. I think is what you're thinking. Of, right? Army of Darkness. Oh, no, no, Army of Darkness was the movie that happened. Quote on. I was after. Um, Evil Dead 2 because you had yeah. Evil Dead 1 which was which was a complete horror movie and then you had Evil Dead 2 which was a, a horror com which is like one of my favorite movies of all time and then you had um, the Army of Darkness where he kind of goes through like a portal and ends up in the middle of like medieval England I believe it is with his uh, with his boomstick and that's also yes. another all kind of shout out to a uh, if you haven't seen I definitely recommend go checking yeah. even though and, uh, this has literally nothing to do with Bruce Campbell oh not at all not at all but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say here real quick that uh, Coheed and Cambria took one of the the uh, the quoted lines from that movie and added it to the start of their acoustic version of June Song Provisions, which is a fantastic song by one of my favorite bands, coinciding with one of my favorite movie franchises. And I'm just a very happy James about that. <laughs> I think we need a secret layer X Evil Dead. <laughs> just, even if, even if it's just cool. for me. <laughs> I would I would so be okay with that. Um, so yeah, I think Negan's probably going to have the most amount of fringe play in Commander tables. Um, he definitely has the most uniquely mechanical card um, out of all of them, especially giving you a treasure token whenever you whenever a opponent sacrifices a creature. And I mean, wearing Mardu colors, I'm sure you could run away with ideas of how to make your opponent sacrifice creatures so you get all the value out of this. Um, but not much really else to talk about on that one. Yeah. So next we have Daryl Hunter of Walkers. He is two red and a green. So they've given him gruel, 
which is kind of weird to me um, to why they gave him gruel. I can kind of see it um, through his portrayal of his aggression and stuff on the show. Um, but he says that, so he's a four, sorry. So he's a two. <laughs> I'm losing myself completely here. Uh, Daryl Hunter's Hunter of Walkers is a two red and a green for a four, four human archer that says at the beginning of your upkeep target opponent creates three Walker tokens. He has an activated ability of tap. Daryl deals two damage to target creature. And whenever a zombie an opponent controls dies, uh, draw a card. Uh, it's such a weird combination of abilities on a rule creature. Also, I'm not sure how I feel about giving an opponent 6-6 six, six worth of stats every single upkeep that you have. Yeah. It kind of that feels seems, like you're giving him a lot of a lot of value. And I mean, in those colors, you're only limited to, limited to the amount of times you can probably board wipe and or like kill things i mean there is a lot of fighting mechanics in in green so i mean you could go like you wouldn't want to like go into dinosaurs but i don't know they have a lot of like fight mechanics on them to be able to like take out a lot of those walkers it just feels like a bit of a flavor fail on the on on wizard's behalf with that card yeah i feel like if he would have made two walkers it would have been a little more manageable yeah but i think three is a little too much one, even if you kill one, yeah, sure, you get to draw a card, but then your opponent has four four worth of stats looking down at you in the face. And if they have anything that pumps their board, literally anything, which there's a lot of, then guess what? You're probably eating that damage to the face. Yeah. Nobody it, likes when other people draw cards. Definitely. And it just it feels really underpowered and just unimpactful, really. Um, like you said, I mean, if it had the claws of like, uh, was it, is it Nylea who gives people soldier tokens, but they can't attack you? No, no. I know what you're talking about, but I can't. Yeah. (laughs) This is the problem about recording so late is just my brain is almost mush. It's it's Um, the one that makes the survivors that can't attack you. Yeah. That's one. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if that had this claw, if, if if this had that clause where it says like, you know, you create three walkers, um, but only one of them can attack you or like only two of them can attack you or something kind of like to mitigate some of that damage coming towards you. Because, I mean, you're giving them six power every turn and then the next turn you're giving someone else six power and then we're in a multiplayer format. So by like three turns down, you've given out whatever... <laughs> Six times three is 18. You've given out 18 power to, to, to other players. And what have you gotten out of that? Be able to draw a card, maybe, maybe two cards. Also, it's, it's a little weird to me that the card itself, which is supposed to represent the human is making the zombies. That's really strange to me. that seems like a little bit of a flavor fail there. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get where they're coming from. Like, you know, it's the hu- it's, it's almost the humans versus the zombies, but I feel like they could have then done this a little differently. Um, this feels like it wants to be a whole deck idea and not just like one singular card. I can see how they've kind of got like, you know, the engine and the key in one card where like it gives you, you know, it gives you the resources you have to kill and a way to kill them on the card to then get, the, the payoff which is to draw a card but I feel like you're going through a lot of hoops giving out a lot of power just to draw a single a singular card I mean we're in Gruul there's not that many really good ways to draw cards besides like greater good and harmonize um, so I mean I can kind of see it's upside there but I just think that this one just doesn't give enough oomph 
for what you want to do. That being said, I think we're good, good to go ahead and uh, yeah. move along here. We're going to talk about the last card here, and that is Glenn. So massive fan favorite, huge fan favorite, actually. Uh, he was one of my favorites in the show, and especially in the comics. He does a lot of, a lot of little funny things in the comics there. So Glenn is a one white and a blue. So they've given him Azorius, which is kind of weird because Azorius always for me feels like control. And this isn't so much of a control card and or what Glenn does in the show at all. He's very much a rogue and they've given him human advisor as, as a subtype here. But Glenn, the voice of calm is a one white and a blue for a one, three human advisor with skulk. And that means this creature can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. Whenever Glenn get, deals combat damage to a player, draw cards equal to his power. Uh, so this is the other card I was talking about earlier that mentions gender specifically. It says equal to his power. Also, we've seen a functionally identical card to this in the form of Shadow Mage Infiltrator, which is a very old card. Uh, the only difference is being that Shadow Mage Infiltrator had Intimidate, or sorry, not Intimidate. Um, what's the one that can only be blocked by black creatures? Fear. fear had fear and whenever it dealt damage to a player you would just draw a card not equal to its power but it was also a one three so there are a couple of functional differences between the two largely the same card though this one is slightly better in most scenarios because if you pump it then suddenly you're drawing you know two three four cards um i think this is probably the second best of the bunch it's very close between Glenn and Negan, but they're both very like unique and very cool cards that aren't broken, but are definitely good and potentially fun to play with. Um, that's all I really have to say about Glenn, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you pretty much nailed it on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you nailed that, like nailed it right on the, on the head of the nail there. Wow, that sentence came out terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm pretty sure you hit the nail on the, on, on, on the head there with that one. I mean, there's not much really to talk about him law wise besides, you know, he was a bit of a, he was a pizza delivery boy before the zombie apocalypse came. He kind of found, uh, he found Rick and brought him into the group of where he is now. Um, yeah, he does a lot of cool things in the show, but I still think human advisor is just the raw. They shouldn't have given him human advisor. I felt like they should have given him rogue. Um, and I think Negan probably could have gotten Warrior. Uh, but then I don't know what Michonne would have gotten because, I mean, she's also a bit of a warrior in the show. She's a very, very uh, uh, powerful female character in the show. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say about Glenn besides, you know, if you built him like small Staxy, which I'm not saying promoting and going and playing stacks cards. <laughs> but I mean, if you built him like mini stacks and taxes, I mean, you're in the right colors, but like Dranath Magistrate to play Ristic Study, uh, Smothering Tithe, all those like amazing cards that, that people have been playing lately in my, in my meta, they have been running rampant and I am one of them. Um, I mean, he could be a lot of fun. He could be really interesting and really fun to build. In saying that, I think, well, that's all the cards there besides, you know, they have three brand new, three brand new, unique uh, zombie tokens and a treasure token to go along with this. Um, and that's kind of like the treasure token is kind of like their nod to Rick Grimes because it's got, you know, his sheriff bag there, his, his hat, 
his timepiece and a flower. So, I mean, that's pretty cool art. If you want to go check those out, go for it, have a look at them, see what you think. And uh, I think we're going to go and hear an ad from one of our sponsors right now. Welcome back from that ad break. I realized going into it that I forgot to say we're going to combat. My bad. But that was our combat step. So we'll pass uh, pass priority and pass phases and go into main phase two, where we're just going to basically have an open dialogue discussion between ourselves about kind of how we feel about this secret layer being released and kind of what we feel like Wizards is going about doing what they're doing. So, Paul, you had a uh, you, you had some thoughts about this. Would you want to share with that with us now? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of negatives going around about this secret layer for one reason or another. And of course, we are going to discuss those. But because it's so hard to come up with positives for this, I wanted to share those first just to kind of set like, you know, there are good examples being set forth with this secret layer. Um, first of all, I think that secret layers are the absolute perfect way to introduce smaller crossovers, things that aren't quite on the, sk- the same scale as like Transformers or My Little Pony, which were both, I believe, Comic-Con promos. Is that right? Yeah, Pretty I believe sure. so. Correct. Yeah. You know, it opens the, the doors for other crossovers, maybe like X-Men part one, two and three, because there's so many mutants. Right. I would love to get a Mare Sill with mystique as the art please Ooh, please that'd be cool please do it <laughs> please um, see now and also therein, it could happen more frequently go, go ahead James, i, I, I said i was just saying, like therein lies the issue that i have with this product i don't want to cut you off and, and and pull you away from what you wanted to say i just wanted to quickly add in there my issue with the product is that these aren't just reskins of other cards we've already seen so, like, as you were just saying then, like, you wanted Mericil in Mystique art, which I think is right. the correct way of doing a product like this. Right. Wait, and we'll get into more details on that in just a second. But, yes, um, the main problem with this particular secret layer is that these are unique cards. The only way to obtain them, currently speaking, is through this secret layer, which is a limited release product over the course of about a week, a little more. Um and if somebody that gets into magic later along down the line and gets into commander wants to build these particular commanders, if this product isn't popular enough to where, like Morrow said, he can print them in functionally identical forms, um, then they're kind of screwed, right? Because this is the kind of card that if it's not reprinted, will be, you know, 100, 200, maybe 300 bucks just based on novelty alone. Well, I mean, if looking at that, just taking what we do already have in, in the current market. And that is the Grimlock uh, commander. That was a Naya commander that worried about transformers and Dinobots. Not really much else, but he is like 250 to $300 uh, at time of recording. He's quite pricey for what he does, but oh, it's the fact that you can't get him anymore. It was a Comic-Con exclusive. And if I go any further, I'm going to ruin what I wanted to say later. Yeah, and also like the the Comic Con promos are printed on a limited scale. Like they only have so many, and then when they sell out, that's it. Secret layers are print to order, so you order, yeah. as many as our order will be printed. So it's a slightly different scenario. Um, but the last thing I want to mention here is that the art on these cars is beautiful. It's so realistic and it's not something that would ordinarily fit into magic. It's not something that we see very much, if at all anymore. 
No, because so, it is very realistic. It's almost photorealistic of the actual actors who who play these characters. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I think it's super sweet, and it's a really great idea and a great way to let artists kind of explore other methods of painting because they have, you know, talents beyond just magic art. And it's really cool to be able to get them that way to express those particular styles. Um, that being said... I wanted to put out those positives because I don't want to discourage the idea of crossover secret layers entirely. Um, but the way that this particular one was implemented uh, has some flaws to it and some severe flaws at that. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into what those flows are, flaws are uh, right now. James, do you want to lead us off here? So I think what their biggest flaw with this was is they made them unique cards. And like Paul said, the only way to get them is to actually buy this secret layer. If these were on like regular magic cards in, say, Ikoria, Theros, or, you know, even Zendikar Rising, would that have really made an issue of it? Like, would, would Twitter have blown up today or, or, you know, would my, would my emailers have been just been exploded by like people hating on this, uh, on, on this product? I don't think so. My, my main issue with this one is, uh, they could have just done reskins of legendaries that we already had or planeswalkers. I, I was, I was discussing it with people today and I was like, well, what happens if we just did before these even came out? I was like, what if they just did like Liliana in the skin of, you know, Michonne or, or Carol or, or whoever, you know, what if they just gave us planeswalkers? That would have been cool. I would have been totally down for that to buy some planeswalkers that looked like these characters. Um, I like that they kind of gave us like unique cards, but I feel like that was also their, one of their biggest downfalls is this is the only way you're going to only place you're going to be able to get them until if they become popular. So, right. and that if they become popular is the biggest problem I have with this, because what if they don't become popular? What if they stay stagnant? What if nobody really cares about these? Well, then, like I exactly. said, people that want to build these later on down the line are kind of screwed because now they have to either proxy the commander, which honestly, not every play group is going to be OK with. We are. Which is, you know, that's based on your play group. You know, I'm not going to I'm not here to judge whether or not that's a good idea or a bad idea. But if your play group doesn't support proxies, then guess what? You got to go out and front the cash for Glenn if you want to play Glenn or for uh, Negan if you want to play Negan. And I, I think that's setting a really bad precedent, potentially. And even if they are popular enough, what what Mark Rosewater said is that they can reprint them in functionally identical magic forms, which means it's going to be a different card. Yeah, so he... He specifically said it was it would be the same text, it's the same rules, but it would be within the bounds of magic. So we'd have a magic name with magic art. Which, sure, that helps the people that want to build the commander for the text and not for the actual character. Fine. But where this presents a problem is uh, in our format, basically you can have two copies of your commander. You can have one in the command zone and one in the deck. And it also presents a problem in eternal formats like legacy and, you know, vintage and such, where because they're legendary, if they're both the different card, you can have both of them on the field at the same time. It doesn't matter if they're legendary or not because they have different names, but they have the exact same text box. So it presents a lot of logistical issues 
in every format, in particular in ours, it means you basically get to play two of your commander at the same time, which is a little lame and kind of ruins the identity of the format in a way, I think. So they're things I didn't even think about. I was like, yeah, you can't have two of these anyway, but if they've got two different names, then why wouldn't you be able to like two Negans or a Negan and a question mark, whatever they want to, whatever they want to make the, uh, Negan, the human rogue, <laughs> <laughs> the hot blooded. <laughs> um, but all jokings aside, I think that like they're walking that fine line between making these kind of media. I feel they made them deliberately mediocre because if they made them too strong, then they're kind of setting themselves up to fail where like, they're almost like you have to have these cards. Like imagine if like there was a secret lair CEDH version and it was all of the partner commanders over a week and you only could buy them then. And that was the only way you could get into CEDH. What if that was a thing and you got Thrasios, Timna, Vile Smasher, Akiri Lineslinger, all the, the partners from insert year here. I forget what year they came out. I want to say it was 2016. 2016. Yeah. But what if that was the only way you could get into, to get into like CDH? You know, I'm not saying that's ever going to be a thing, but I'm like, what if they did that? And then that's kind of where they feel like this. So it was, it, it's, it's a premium product where you get unique commanders that if you want them, you have to buy it now. So they're kind of walking that fine line of making these not overpowered because then you're just, you know, kind of really incentivizing that pay to win more uh, like uh, a game format that we're not really, not really here for for magic. If they make them too lackluster, then why would be the point of even printing them? So they have to kind of like find that, that medium kind of, eh, I guess it's okay. Like, I guess you'll see it at like a four or five powered table, maybe a six. Um, but I wouldn't see these being any higher than a, like, I don't think you could build any of these decks anywhere near or higher of like maybe a nine or, or like an eight or a nine. I think the closest one, the highest power one here would probably be Negan because he can be really oppressive if you get him going. Followed by... I think so too, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the other two would just see like absolute fringe play on that higher level of of, of play. Um, and I'm seeing this as like a whole spectrum. I mean, I can see these being like janky and kind of fun, but yeah, they're kind of just mediocre at best. And I mean, that's kind of where they're, they're sitting themselves. So... Now- I think you wanted to make a point about uh, a certain difference, perhaps in border, between certain promos. I don't want to spoil anything because it's... Yeah, so I like... you wanted to talk about Like, this. I get that... So, like... Yeah, so like I get they're trying to, like, branch out to other IPs, which I think is fantastic and can open up magic into... You know, it pushes her magic into these new horizons and you know, new things we can do with the game and just looking at it from a different perspective. But I just think that the way that they've done this specific, um, crossover event, or I call it a crossover event, but it's just as it, <laughs> the, 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 this crossover, I think it just was done in a, uh, it was not done in a meaningful way 
for the player base. I think it was more just for this was really just aimed at collectors and be like, oh, we'll make them legal in Commander because you know, oh, oh, sorry, we'll make them legal in all eternal formats because why not? You know, it'll then push sales and people will want to buy these and I'll be like, oh my God, we have to get these, you know. Um, so we talked about the other crossover wizard crossovers we've already had with Hasbro IP. So we've had the Transformers, which was Grimlock uh, and all the... There was Grimlock and there was another one from Transformers, wasn't there? Yes, uh, but I can't remember who it was. I just remember Grimlock because that was the one that we used to talk about a lot. Wasn't there a sword that came with it? <laughs> I believe so. I haven't actually seen the pack, but I have seen the other one, which was the new one that came out. Uh, I think it was like end of last year or mid last year. The My Little Pony ones that came out. There was four of the My Little Ponies. So my biggest concern and my biggest uh, uh, differences between these two products is these ones are black bordered and legal in formats. And those ones were silver bordered and obviously aren't legal in commander, but they're strictly uh, like collector's items. And that's what people would buy them for. This is what this should have been. So, but commander is a format that allows you to play with all the cards in your collection. This would just ask, you know, this would just make you ask the question, hey, I have a Negan deck. Can I play this? And I'm pretty sure with these mechanics on the cards, they wouldn't be an issue because they're not like, you know, go and ask the person down the hall if you can have that many squirrel tokens or, you know, kind of other the, the zany kind of mechanics we've seen from silver boarded cards in the recent years. Yeah, like I have a Griselda deck and Griselda is a wacky one because you, you mix two monsters, two creatures together from graveyards. That one's wacky. So I understand when people don't want me to play that. But these cards, like if they, if they put a silver border on these, like I would, I honestly would not be able to tell the difference between this and a regular magic card. <laughs> Simply put. And yeah, like, then I, that's, like I said, that's Glenn the is issue. Shadow Mage Infiltrator in blue and white. <laughs> yeah. But then I was also talking to people today and they're like, well, what if they just banned these cards and brought them out one at a time? So like maybe unban Negan for a month or so and two and see how he kind of like deals in this, like in this format and then like ban him and then bring out Michonne and see how she kind of, you know, cultivates in this, in this format. Um, But then I think if we do that, then we're kind of, what is the point of printing them at all besides just having them on a wall or in a binder somewhere, you know, you're charging $50 for essentially unplayable, useless cards. And let's break it down. That's what this product almost is going to be. Um, so the problem that is that they've set this precedent where the cards that they put in secret layers are playable. So they can't actually do silver border cards there because they've already said like, hey, any cards that you get in a secret layer, you're spending money on them. You're going to get to play them. You know, like they did the slime one. Um, I think that's the most recent one before this was the slime yeah. one. Uh, before that, they had I uh, can't remember. It was the tattoo sleeve, iron of a heart of steel, right? It was the um, mountain go, and it was, it was the summer drop. Oh, and the the birds pack, and there was one more that I can't remember. What I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. That's all well and good. It doesn't matter. Um, 
but they set this precedent like, hey, here's a way to like get cool versions of your favorite cards to play in Commander or other formats, you know? And this one just comes along, takes that whole notion, and just throws it out the window. And that's my biggest problem with it, is that they set a precedent, which was a good precedent. You didn't have to buy these to play the cards. You could just get the cards. These were just ways to get fancy versions of them or cool versions of them so you could play them in your commander decks and have fun. And, you know, like, hey, everybody, I have wacky pink uh, acidic slime. I think that was one of the cards that was offered. Yeah, acidic slime was in there. So was um, Mimeoplasm. Yeah, like, hey, everybody, look, I have a cool, like, I have a wacky slime that's got, like, lollipops in it and stuff as my city slime, which is awesome. But you literally have to buy this secret layer to play these cards. There is no alternative. And that's a big issue in my eyes. A huge issue. This one feels like the biggest cash grab that they've done. I know cash grab has been thrown around all these secret layers, um, but this one just feels like it is the biggest cash grab that they've done. Period. I would like to have known like kind of how this one came to be in the office of wizards. Like did, you know, AMC or did Robert Kirkman come to wizards and say, Hey, let's do this. Or did, you know, wizards kind of say that that'd be cool. Let's reach out to AMC and see what they, they want to do. Cause you know, they're kind of wrapping up the series now. Um, but I mean, I haven't seen this much controversy over a secret layer since they decided to reprint non-foil enemy fetch lands and charge like 260 bucks for it. Oh yeah. That was uh that that was a funny event. The like Twitter hit the fan when that one came out and I feel like we're getting into that kind of territory again where like it's just like, why would they do this? You know, after that kind of happened, they were like, yeah, all right. They kind of went back to their normal ways. They were like, they said they printed cards that we've already had before. They did the birds pack. They did the tattoo sleeves pack. They did the mountain go, which was, you know, four awesome mountain. Oh, sorry. Four awesome lightning bolts. And then they dropped this big bombshell on us. And I mean, I know they teased it. Um, they teased this back when they were doing the spoiler season for Zendikar Risings, if I'm not correct. Yeah, they, they revealed the uh, the Walker token. Yeah. And then they kind of they've been kind of dripping it out now, but I believe all of the cards are now revealed from that set and the price. Um, but yeah, they kind of just dropped this on us and was like, huh, remember everything we've already said once before? Well, we're just going to go, go, you know, let's go over here and throw everything out the window and just here, have the Walking Dead stuff. We're using the term cash grab, which I actually think is inaccurate for this. A cash grab is something like the, uh, what are they called? I forgot already. The uh, collector's packs, right? That's a cash grab because it's something to make a little extra money, but it's not something that is a that is unique. Right? Any of the cards that are in a collector's pack, you can get in a regular pack. With certain exceptions, like collector's packs or the VIP boosters, sorry, for uh, double masters can give you foil box toppers, whereas normally they're non-foil. But again, you can get the regular card all the same. It has the same functionality. It just looks different, which is, I think, the last time we talked about secret layers. Like, it might actually literally be our, our most recent episode before this. <laughs> I said, as long as they keep the secret layers to just like cool versions of popular cards, it's a great idea to make a little extra money. It's not harmful. 
only the people that really want it have to buy it and that's it and now here we are with the brand new cards that can't be acquired any other way and I get it's for a promotion for a TV show and I'm sure that I don't know what company makes Walking Dead is it Netflix? Uh, AMC. Is it Netflix AMC no it's AMC I'm sure AMC had a say in this as well Right. So I'm, I'm sure Watsi is not entirely to blame here, but it is a little remiss. It's, it kind of feels like they're reneging here a little bit on their secret lair uh, intentions. So with that, uh, I have nothing else to really say about this. I think everything's been said. We'll see how this story kind of develops over the next couple of days on Twitter. Um, and we'll be very vocal on there with our thoughts and everything uh, before this episode goes up. Um, are you with us? Are you against us? How do you feel about this pack? Do you, are you a Walking Dead fan? Are you going to pick this up? I'm kind of caught in between that that fine line of like, I want this product because I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, but then I don't want this product because I don't want Wizards to be like, this is the behavior we, we want to keep promoting and this is what we want to keep doing. So I'm like, I don't know. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place on this product. I think as a collector, I really want it. But as a magic player, I don't want anything like this ever again. I'm kind of in the same place. I I think the idea behind it is good, but they should not. They like, like we said earlier, they should be reskins of cars that already exist and never new cards. And that's how I feel about it. But if you feel any different, don't forget, you can always tweet at us or hit us up on Instagram, or you can even email us. And you can find all those links in the show notes below. Uh, We usually sit here and spew out all the links, but I'm just going to tell you just to go to the show notes below. Check out those links there. You can find us there. Give us deck tech submissions. Give us um, episode ideas. I'm even screwing this up. And uh, because that's it. That's this episode over and out. Um, We only have one more announcement to say, and that's uh, we have merchandise now, Paul. Do we? We have official Commander at Arms shirts dropping the same time this episode goes live. So if you go to the show notes below (laughs) and check out all all of our links, we will also have a link in there to where you can buy official Commander at Arms podcast shirts. And I will also add that to the the link in the Twitter, the link tree when I get a chance. Yeah, uh, we might even do if this goes all well and people want these shirts, we might do a little bit where we might sign a couple of them and uh, ship them out. If you get one of those, I'd love to see you tweet at us about it and um, and go from there. Really, uh, if you want to support us directly, we have the Patreon that is patreon.com slash commander at arms. I will say that one because that one's important. So are the other ones, but that'll also be in the show notes below. Check those out. And with that, I'm James and I'm Paul. And this is the Commander at Arms podcast. Peace. Peace.